0: But I will also, and I've done this periodically, sometimes I don't, but I'd like to just let you know my daughter is here with her two granddaughters, Jill, and if you could wave at her. Some people might think, oh, look, Terry's finally sitting by Pastor. No, that's not, that's not Terry. She's, she's that hot dog over there. <laughs> We've been talking about grace. How many of you have enjoyed this series about grace? It's really overwhelmed you with real revelation of God's heart towards you. Now, we, we understood or we understand that we are saved completely and totally by God's grace through our faith, believing in him. But let me say this to you. We've been talking in the last couple of weeks, we talked the difference between uh, law and grace and how we relate to the law. And we learned that. So with all of that, now we need to understand that we do have a part. But I'm gonna show you the part because we have a tendency to think we have a part in an area where we don't have a part, basically. Because as Jesus works, that brought our salvation. And all we are to do is receive it by faith and uh, grace is what gifted it to us. Some who preach grace say we don't have a part, but I want to say again to you that we do. All through Scripture, we have a part to receive God's grace. There's an action that we take to receive God's grace. So again, it's by grace through faith, and it's not by works. And we're going to read that Scripture in a moment, but Here's the question. But do our works really matter? Because we've talked about morality, immorality. We've talked about the Ten Commandments. We've talked about the law of God. All these principles in Scripture, and sometimes because of all of that, we just don't place them in the right place. And so my goal in this series, again, is to help us understand how we live a grace-filled life. And so today, my message is, your works really do matter. What you do really does matter in the kingdom of God. My premise is now today, and because we're going to continue next week, because there's so much here, and I don't want to just fill your brain with so much that you can't apply it in your life. So how do we understand or have the revelation of grace and works? How do we understand of receiving a gift by belief, but still understand that our works are valuable to us in the kingdom of God, and we're going to find out even in heaven? when we have our last days on this earth and we go to heaven, that our works really do matter. Not in, what I'm gonna say, position with Christ, but in the level with Christ. So I wanna look at a familiar passage, and and so just hang with me here for a moment, because I'm, I'm slowing down this a little bit more than I normally do because I want you to see uh, where we're at. I want us all to be on the same level here. In verse eight of Ephesians chapter two, it says, for by grace, you have been saved. There again, remember this. We talked about the past, past, present, and the future of grace. This is the past tense nature of salvation that uh, we understand about now. You have been saved through faith, that's your past, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Why is it a gift of God? Because it's grace, it is a gift. So now, watch verse nine very carefully. It says, not of works. Lest anyone should boast. Not of works, why? Because it's a gift, and it's not of works. In the reality of, we have to understand, we don't earn it, it's a gift given to us. And in there, we have nothing to say, or let me just personalize it, I have nothing to say of, I did this, that's why I'm saved. All I did was receive it and believe it. Verse 10 For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So we're going to come back to this phrase a little bit today. Now watch this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, the question is, is do our works really matter? And yes, they do. So this great English scholar that I am, but I figured this out, there are two prepositions I want you to see in this verse. We're saved by, first one, grace. The second preposition is for good works. We're saved by grace for good works. So we're not saved by works. We are saved for good works. Are you following that now? All right, so because we are saved by grace, that has to be understood or you can't go any further. And if we don't recognize this, and we stop the deception of the world coming out of deception and condemnation that you better do this, you better do better, all this. You are saved by grace. You did nothing for it except receive it by faith. Amen. You should clap for that. Because we're, okay, I'll say it so I don't, hurt any feelings today. I'm not good enough for salvation. There's nothing I could do, and let me just say this to you, I've done a lot of stuff good, but it wasn't good enough. Jesus Christ died for me. Then it says he created us in Christ Jesus Many people don't think about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if you read that, he says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, born again, he is a new creation. You have become a new creation. Your body's still the same, but when you got saved, you were created in Christ Jesus. You are now a new creation. Scripture says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And it's talking about your spirit. But when you become a new creation, you as a new creation, the new attitude, the new thoughts of who you are in Christ and what God has given you, he's gifted you, he's anointed you, then he created you for good works because you are doing the good works in Christ, in his ways. So, that reality could stop your depression and your inability of feeling like you can do all things through Christ. That you have a hindrance in your life at times because you don't feel like you're good enough or you know enough or, you know, and and we, we find even then it even goes to I'm not pretty enough, I'm not handsome enough. I don't have your gift. I, I'm not as good as you are at that. And all all this stuff will begin to melt away because you begin to understand your salvation comes as a gift and the anointing and the gifts you have in you that are given to you. Remember last week from the foundation of the world, Ephesians chapter one tells us, is that that gift will make room. It will literally move and do great things for the kingdom of God because it's you doing it and you believing it and you understanding that you're very special in the kingdom of God. But you can't go any further than that because you don't understand it's of grace. You don't understand that the image, the, the who you're created to be is a gift given to you. You just received it. And no matter what you see other people do, good or whatever, it, it, what matters is that's wonderful. We rejoice and we celebrate with them. But the reality is God has personally changed you. You are a new creation when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you can do all things through Christ because it's Christ Christ. In you, that's working through you for good works. Wow. Hmm. So I, I kind of need to say this very simply, and you know how I am. It might be a little humorous, but, but this is simply what I'm saying. I want you to know that good works are Good. And it's good to do good works. The reason we call them good works, scripture calls them good works, is because they're good. But you're in Christ, they're good. So what you do, how big or how small, in God's eyes, is good. Matter of fact, we're learning this on Sunday night in Bible study, Jurassic Earth, is that God created everything on this earth, and when he, he melted the ice, he did all the different things, uh, and then he started creating fish and all that, he'd always say after each day, it was good. And then when he created mankind, he said it was very good because he created good for the very good. God created the good of this earth for you, the very good, his people. And we can rejoice in that because it's all of grace. It's all of grace. And and literally, when the Holy Spirit, the scripture, the Hebrew word talks about brooded over this earth when it was without form and void. In other words, scientists us ice age, the Bible told us about that. And, and so he brooded over, and it, the word is used, is like a hen sitting on her eggs and warmed the ice and carved out this earth the way we live in it day and i said all that not only for an advertisement for sunday night bible studies from the youngest age to the oldest i want you to recognize that god created good for you to have and to walk in so your works do matter Very simply, good. They're not bad, they're good. And let me tell you, that statement, that's good. We are saved for good works. So here's another question. Are we judged by grace or by works? Now I'm gonna really mess you up. Are we judged by grace or by works? The answer is yes. It's kind of like this. Would you like an order of fries or an apple pie? Yes. Because we got to see the works and what the scripture is talking about and what it's for. Because you are an eternal being Life is not 120 years, and that's it. So the answers, are we, are, we're judged by grace, are we judged by works, again, is yes. So another question, now listen to my question, because this is where the deception comes in, We don't clarify things in our life. And what the enemy does is he brings things into you and he solidifies wrong doctrine. And so here's another question. For salvation, are you judged by grace and works? The answer to that question is no. Absolutely no. For your salvation, you are judged by grace. Jesus Christ came and died for you, took your place, took your sin. And so that when you received him, you received the free gift of grace called salvation. But are your works still judged for a believer or an unbeliever? And let me just say this to you, yes, yes. But understand the differentiation I'm doing now is I'm talking about salvation and then your salvation is by grace alone judged, but your works are judged on this earth. And we're gonna show you what that is and then next week we're gonna really show you the purposes of it and we'll probably conclude this series on grace and then we're jumping into another series but let me read some uh, scripture to you. In Ecclesiastes 12, verse 14, it says, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Revelation 20, 13 says, the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death in Hades. Hades is the Greek word for hell. Delivered up the dead, who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. This one is talking about, the last part of that verse, talking about lost people or unsaved people. So the next one is talking about saved people. All right, 1 Peter 1.17. And if you call on the Father, how many of you, by raising your hands, call on the Father once in a while? Okay, so it's talking about us here, all right? who without partiality judges according to each one's work. Conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here on this earth in fear or reverence or awe of God. All right, Matthew 16, 27 says, for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward each according to, to his works. Question is, do works matter? Yes. But works get you saved? No. Revelation twenty two, twelve. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Now here's a question. The scripture used two words each and every. How many of you are each? need to raise your hand. How many of you are every? Okay, raise your hand. All right. So it's talking about us. These verses say we will be judged by our works. So how do you understand now grace and works? We have to learn when we look at the Bible, we have to distinguish between our belief and our behavior. Our belief and our behavior, all right? So with that understanding, now let's, let's talk about some differences. Here's a difference. Our belief determines where we will spend eternity, heaven or hell. Our behavior determines how we will spend eternity, even if you're saved or you're lost. You go to heaven because you believe in Jesus. You go to hell because you don't believe in Jesus. All right, follow this because it's gonna get real exciting at the end here. But our behavior determines how many rewards and degrees of responsibility and the treasure we will have in heaven and you need treasure in heaven. You say, what? Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, Jesus said, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Matthew six nineteen and 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. That comes from good works. Apparently, we're doing business in heaven on earth. It says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So the conclusion of that is our belief determines where we go. Our behavior determines the responsibility we will have. Remember in Luke 19, the parable of the 10 minus? One got 10 more and the other got five more. He said to the one who got 10 more, "Your faithful, be ruler and leader over 10 cities. So he got up out of the chair and he said, all right, king or whoever was there, give me 10 cities. No, 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 he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the New Earth. He's talking about heaven. That's what Jesus is, is bringing out. In the one who, who got five, more he said, "Be ruler over the five cities." Let me just give you a secret. I know Hollywood shows us this, but when Jesus returns, or we pass away and go to heaven, we just don't float around on the clouds. We do business. The kingdom of God. It is a perfect earth and a perfect heaven that we will do this. There will be no sin. Someone will lead 10 cities. Someone will lead five cities who were faithful for good works. Again, your belief determines where you live in eternity. And your behavior determines how you will live in eternity. And watch this. Sometimes we don't know this, but even as an unbeliever, there are levels, even in hell, of punishment. Now, I'm going to show it to you this week and next week. It's going to shock you again, but there is punishment and different levels of punishment in hell. So let's go a little bit deeper. There are two judgments. Some think that they are only one. There's, there's two judgments Scripture tells us about. The first one is the judgment seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. The second one is a great white throne judgment. So let me explain the two judgments. The first, which is the judgment seat of Christ, every person who was at the judgment seat of Christ is a believer. Every person. Salvation has already been determined through what? We've learned in this series through the reception and the belief that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so every one born-again believer that has done that, every human being that has received God, Christ, will be at the judgment seat of Christ. The second judgment is every person who is at the great white throne judgment is an unbeliever. See, that's already been determined because they did not believe in Christ. It was because of unbelief, and so they went to the great white throne judgment, and they were judged by their rejection of Christ, their rejection of grace, their rejection of the gift of God, of eternal life with him. It's not determined as a judgment whether you go to heaven or hell, the great white throne judgment. You determine that on this earth. So it's appointed unto man once to die after that, the judgment, it says, you determine which judgment you attend while you're living on this earth. But watch this, but only while you're alive. Once you take your last breath, that's it. You've already determined. If you died in unbelief of Jesus Christ, you will go to the white throne judgment. Basically, you've already determined that you are going to go to hell. I know that's not happy feeling, but see, that's where the deception of grace is, is because people just think, well, I could just be a good person. I could just do good things for good works. I just do good things, and then I'll go to hell. No, no, because remember, again, Scripture has told us we've gone through this whole series is salvation is only received By belief that Jesus Christ is a risen Lord. So if you go up to someone and say, you know, I've done this wrong or whatever, and they say, well, do this, do this, do this, do this. It doesn't do anything for you except maybe make you feel good about what you did before. But it doesn't bring you to heaven. Forgiveness of sin is there, all right? Once your life on this earth is over, you have no other choices. Please know that. Everyone watching online, please know that. No matter how evil people have been in this world, they still can receive a free gift. But remember, then you begin to change. You begin to to change your thinking. Why? Because you're created for good works. All right, we're almost done here. So believers are at one judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, and unbelievers are at the other, the great white throne. And at each Of these judgments, the two, their works are judged. Your works are judged. So these are the two points of this message I want to show you. Is we are created for not do a lot so you're better. See the mentality there, the change there? And what I'm trying to get us in this church, we have the most wonderful people in the world at Valley Community Church. And again, if you haven't attended yet, you need to attend because these are great people. They will help you see God. But the reality here, folks, is we are created for good works because why? We are already saved going to heaven. not once saved, always saved, because you can reject Christ. It's a choice, all right? It's a choice, and, and, and it just doesn't change once you get saved that it's no longer a choice. It's a choice, and that's why it's for good works. Where I was before I was born again and where I am after, hopefully I'm better, as a sense of doing the things of God. And let me just say to you, without pride, I am. (laughs) But I'm still working on it. I'm still listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit to do good works, to be a blessing to people. That's why when you're created for good works, your passion is always for the plan of God. God. giving offerings to different nations that we've done, doing the different things in Cambodia, the Philippines, Africa, all the different things we've done. It's for good works. It's not to make our salvation better because our salvation is whole. Now, next week I'm gonna show you what happens, And but let me uh, conclude today by reading uh, a couple of scriptures. This is to believers. This is to you. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all, speaking to believers, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one or each believer may receive the things done in the body or while you are on the earth. You receive gifts. You receive rewards because of the things you did on this earth. according to what, we, what he has done. Now, this is not talking about what he has believed, but what he has done, whether good or bad. There's another scripture that talks about uh, precious stones, gold and silver. And it talks about uh, our works, wood, hay, and stubble. Bottom line, what we did in sin is wood, hay, and stubble. And what, we, what we've done good works for good works in our salvation, knowing the word of God and doing what the word of God says, that's precious stones, gold, and silver. And then it says in the end times that there will be a fire that will go upon those works. Let me ask you this. Precious stones, gold, and silver, what does fire do? Purifies it. Wood, hay, and stubble, what does fire do? It destroys it. So there are a lot of believers gonna go to heaven and because of the attitude of life and the reason why they do good, not for good works, they're doing it on their own good trying to figure out how I could be a better believer and Christian. Um, a lot of their works that they've done is gonna be burnt up and they won't receive a reward from that because the, the reality in this judgment seat of Christ, is that you are judged in that area. How do you do that? 1 John 1, 9, confess your sin. Man, I check out my heart every single day. And I want to tell you, sometimes there's been a few days in a row I've had to go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Not because I did some big, giant sin, but because of an attitude. Because of maybe words that I said that were not scriptural. That I did something that, you know, I did it thinking, well, I'm just gonna, and I did it with a wrong attitude, that will not produce a reward. The Bible says that that there might be people around you saying, Good job, good job, good job. But God says, No reward from that because it's the attitude of the heart. I, I, I'm really, I know I'm being very straightforward. And I told you in this series that I'm going to dig a little bit deeper than I normally do on Sunday morning. But I want you to understand, I have watched through the years God's hand upon my life. And I've watched seasons in my life that I've even gotten kind of cocky in what I do. Like, look at me. And you know, the Holy Spirit would remind me of these scriptures. Say, so no matter what was done, you did it out of a wrong heart. How do you get the right heart? Worship. Get in the Word of God. Be discipled. Be a blessing. Watch your words that you say to people. Don't carry around. Uh, you know, hurt from the past. Don't throw things at other people and just say, well, you did this, and so I don't, no, no, no. You align yourself with the word of God for good works. You align yourself with Christ, who is the word, for good works. And then from there, what you will understand is that many of you, and I know so many that have gone to be with the Lord already, that I've just, I can't wait to see the rewards they walk in. I can't wait to see that. And bottom line, there are going to be some really, watch this, a lot of people who did good things on this earth but they didn't receive Christ will be in a, a different punishment level in hell. But they're going to hell because they rejected Christ. Next week we'll cover that more. And, and we also, you can't pray someone out of it. Once they take their last breath, that's it. That's what all through Scripture, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, telling us, Romans chapter 14, verse 10, we'll close with this. But why do you judge your brother? or Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment of Seat of Christ talking to the believer. Let's all stand. I was wondering why I put that last scripture in for my message today, and I just found out Thursday why I did it. I just knew, felt impressed in my spirit. I got to put that in there. And I just because of what's going on in the in the spirit world of this satanic attack we struggle as believers. And we hurt. And we're angry because of what happened here and it's atrocious what people do when they're satanically led they have taken captive of a people and deceived them all kinds of things that have gone on with terrorism but I want you to understand also in this war the enemy is coming after you and he's trying to get you to judge the right or wrong instead of loving because you're in Christ and in the reality of war it is a physical picture of what's happening in the spirit realm right now what's going on in Israel what's going on uh, in Gaza uh, Syria you name it in the United States what's going on is satanic satanic but it's in the air. But greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. How are you gonna think? Are are you gonna be a blessing or are you gonna see someone with a scarf on their head and because you're judging? There are innocent people that are dying and watch this because they don't know Christ. This should break your heart. They're dying in this war and they're going to hell. What do we do? Our call, our anointing is to lead people to Jesus and show them the goodness of God. You are in Christ and your call is to walk in obedience to him and lead people to Christ. Christ. And show them the love of God and walk in this power and anointing. We have those that are related, have relations, and it's hard for them to even attend church because they hear one side or the other, and it breaks my heart. And if you're watching online and, you, and you haven't, you're you not here because of all the war, people that you know, all the different things, come to church. We love you. We're in Christ. We're not taking people's sides. we're taking God's side. Amen. Amen. Amen? That's what this is about. That's why God gave me that last scripture. And I want you to understand. I am so, I'll say it, I am so stinking proud of Valley Community Church and what you do and how you walk in it. You have your emotions. I do too. I do too. There's sometimes I rise up and it's not my spirit, it's my flesh. What do I do? 99.9% of the time, I go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Sometimes I carry it for a while, and I'm ticked because of what's going on in this world. Knowing some of the things that I do know on some countries, that if I told you someone was there, um, I'd have to shoot you because it would cause danger for them. Emails, different things. We can only send it to a certain place. And they, at a certain time, will read those emails. Because if they were caught, they would be killed for their faith in Christ. Church, America, that's what's going on around the world. And our greatest ability as America is being a nation founded on the principles of the Word of God. So if you haven't given to Israel, please do that today. Go online. By the middle of the week, we're going to send out the money. I I want to tell you, it's going to go straight to the people, not to an organization. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over Valley Community Church. Lord, I proclaim a protection. Lord, the canopy of protection of the Word of God over our minds. With all this spiritual, demonic stuff going on, this battle, it will not penetrate into our minds and we will walk in the joy of the Lord in the midst of tribulation because we know your ways. Blessings upon this church tonight as we gather together at six. Blessings upon our Bible studies. Blessings upon our youth and our children, the adults. Every person that darkens the door of this church. Blessings. Blessings. And all you online, I proclaim a revelation of this truth over your home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Have a great, great day.